everybody, and welcome into what's sure to be a tortured episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Halloween Ends. And it's a doozy, folks, so stay tuned for that. Joining me first up from Manhattan, New York City, please welcome Josh Narsh to the show. Hi, Eric. Next up from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello, Eric. I like your shirt, Casey. Thank you. I'm starting this show off with a compliment for you. That's strategy. I appreciate that. <laughs> I have a confession for you, Schnars. Yes. Uh, I intentionally did not invite a guest on this show. Because mm. I did not trust myself discussing Halloween ends with anyone except for you guys. <laughs> I mean, I think people who come to the show like to, as guests like know what they're getting into. Right? Uh, like, it's not like they've never you like, guys just experienced know, you guys the know, Eric. Before. You guys understand my bullshit in a way that I... Yeah. Not everyone does. I don't know. I, I'm still... I'm processing it on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> my bullshit? Yeah, it's right. Yes. <laughs> well, this much is clear, John. My feelings are hurt. And they were hurt by a movie. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let's do it. Let's jump right in here and discuss Halloween Ends. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. From the front time. Halloween ends dropped this week in theaters, also on the Peacock. As did love the Peacock, big a, fan. As did uh, that was a trend that started with Halloween Kills during the pandemic, mm -hmm. and uh, they continued it here. I, th I believe it was number one at the box office. What else would be? You put out a Halloween yeah. movie like two weeks for Halloween it makes sense. There's not a lot of stuff coming. It's very true. Days. Um. All right. Uh, we should say before we do any of this that. Spoilers start start here. <laughs> the, the RB spoilers. They're going to be fast and furious as soon as I stop warning you about them here. So Sp spoilers and emotions. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I'm emotional. Eric brought the emotions <laughs> at the off the jump. That's right. <laughs> All right, John. Mm -hmm. You know what gets my emotions going every week? Words. The word of the day. <laughs> Words in general. Please sure. bring us the word of the day. Eric, today's word is saga. I like it. S-A-G-A, -A, saga. Okay. Some sagas begin, some sagas end. Uh, that you've already said that word enough time, it's it's lost all yeah. meaning to me. <laughs> yeah. so now it sounds weird. Kind of like the, the trailer to this film. Saga. Um, yeah, uh, saga. I'll give you two meanings. They're they're pretty similar. Um, a long story of heroic achievement, especially a medieval prose narrative in Old Norse or Old Icelandic. That's the mm. first definition. Which, sure, that's I mean, very specific. Though generalizable, I guess. Um, a long involved story, account, or series of incidents. I feel like that's, you know. That's pretty fitting. <laughs> yeah. A lot, more, a lot more generic. John, I might uh, say that some of the people who made Halloween ends could use some studying on words and what they mean. And yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, it, it's funny. It says, okay, so the Old Norse word saga, which they say is a narrative. Uh, and then English saw. Like S A W saw. Hmm. I don't know. So 
Okay. Your poison, I guess. Love it. John. Casey's standing up now. He's making me anxious. I feel like he's taking a picture of a sketch or something. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Or, or something. He's else already, he's preemptively, <laughs> he knows what's coming. So he's preemptively checked out is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John, why don't you tell me about Halloween ends? Okay. Halloween ends. This is the conclusion sure. of the Michael and Laurie Strode saga. Um, this is the third film from David Gordon Green and his collaborator, uh, Danny McBride, um, also written here. So they're, they're both credited as writers. Gordon Green is the director. Paul, Brad Logan and Chris Bernier are also credited as writers. I believe they wrote the last one. Can never no, have a uh, new, can new never, can never have enough writers, John, right? Nothing ever is bad about uh, that. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, based on the characters by one John Carpenter mm. and uh, Cash that, that collaborator Deborah Hill. Um, yeah, so this takes place four years after the action of Halloween Kills. Uh, the film actually opens with a, a new character we've never met uh, on Halloween 2019. This is where, like, the dates and the timelines are like oddly specific, but then like kind of like, mm. I don't know, not super duper important. Um, Corey is a local youth uh, who is brought in to babysit for a family. Uh, they have the, one. This is the cold open, by the way. Where we're yeah, yeah, it's cold open. And character. so basically through a very tragic series of events, Corey, who's, who's, I, I guess he's, I would call them hilariously tragic, but that's just me. 18, 19. I can't, maybe they gave his age specifically. Um, he's brought in to babysit, um, the, the kid who's like a, you know, 10, 11 year old plays like a trick on him, which ends with Corey killing <laughs> the kid in super gruesome. Accidentally. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Accidental. But, but like also looks really bad. Looks like real bad. he's <laughs> holding a knife. He's great. like, it looks like he's pushed him over. Now what's kind of incredible in my mind is that Corey is let off. Like the, the, right. he is exonerated of this crime. And so now we fast forward three years. Cause again, in this timeline, which is somewhat oddly specific, the film is taking place four years after the action of Halloween kills that kill uh, Corey killing this child takes place one year after the action of Halloween kills. So now oh, we're fast forwarding okay. three years. Yeah, that was uh, confusing for me. Yeah. Um, Michael Myers has been in hiding. <laughs> he has disappeared at the end of Halloween kills. I had like sort of forgotten how the movie ended, but you, they give you like enough yeah. here to, you would yeah. be forgiven for forgetting how Halloween yeah. ends. Well, I remember the like fight scene, but I don't remember like. I remember some lady with an oh. iron attacking him with an iron. And I remember yeah. that Judy Greer gets like just unceremoniously whacked at the end of that movie for no reason, yeah. pretty much. Um, I well, all right. So he's in hiding. By the way, Judy Greer comes out looking like the smartest person involved in the series <laughs> for dipping out before this one. She doesn't even get a cameo. It's not even there's there's not even there's like no flashbacks. Flashback they don't her. talk about her. She doesn't exist. Basically. Yeah. Um, so uh, where are right, where to begin? Okay, there might so be like Laurie, a photo on the wall because there is a hilarious like production still from Halloween at the wall at one point that we pan up to to just see her friends from Halloween. Like, okay, yeah, like from Fangoria. <laughs> um, 
Laurie has moved on with her life. This is like she's like made progress. She's now just like a regular lady in Haddonfield, with the exception yeah. that people still like sort of. I don't, they're like upset with her, I think. Because sure, sure. So she she's like mostly having a good time or like living a normal life, but also like maybe the people are being mean to her. Um, Corey is also now an outcast. Um, he is working at the auto yards, like scrap yard slash uh, like uh, auto repair shop of his mom's boyfriend. I think boyfriend or, or like stepfather. Is it not his dad? That wasn't clear to me. I guess. Oh, I wasn't I, sure. I assumed based on their relationship. I guess he does talk to him in a, he does father. talk to him in yeah. a fairly like unfamiliar kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, all right, we'll come back to it. Cause that character, my favorite character in the movie, <laughs> the by like a wide margin, <laughs> real every man character, real every man. I, I loved him. I was a big salt, fan. salt of the earth. That's who he is. Um, so, all right. So, Corey, we got Corey, we got Laurie, Allison, remember Laurie's granddaughter, uh, she and Laurie are living together and like things are like mostly fine. She's working as a nurse for a doctor, very handsy doctor, very, yes. he wants to be familiar with his nurses, let's say. <laughs> um, and so I've seen a couple movies like that. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the, <laughs> I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> that's the setup. Um, Allison and Corey get into a relationship. It was pretty basically set up by, by Lord. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who like runs into him defending. He's like, Hey, this Cor- guy might she, be a murderer, but I like him. him. You should date him. Well, and she also is like defending him from being beaten up by like a gang of band nerds. Oh my God. The fuck who are, who <laughs> John, are it is so hard. It is so hard to not comment on literally everything you're saying. I right know. Now. I know. I'm trying to like figure out where we want to stop. So in any event, Allison and Corey get into Just a relationship. Just real quick. I take offense to calling them band nerds. I was a drum major. Damn it. <laughs> no, all right. Listen, they were like cool. There has kids. never been. No, I know. I'm choking. There's never been bullies that are also bad. Kids no, no. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's I mean, maybe Casey was. I don't know. It's like we insane. shouldn't. Con- we shouldn't say. <laughs> I uh, reigned with an iron fist. <laughs> you and your tuba just like going after people. <laughs> um. So all right. So Corey and Allison get into a relationship. Corey, um, he while being harassed by the band kids he um runs into michael who has been living in a sewer uh <laughs> under an overpass down by quick, the river like i want to i want to put a like a, a checkpoint here because i want us to make sure we come back to the question of like haddonfield and like what kind of town is haddonfield because i have like lost track of like because what sometimes is it's the suburbs and sometimes it looks like downtown chicago yeah. and it just cuts yes. back and forth the, yeah, yeah. the so same thing exactly. in Halloween Kills. Yeah. So, time, you know, timestamp, we can come back to that in any event. So he runs into Michael. They have an interaction where Michael looks into his eyes, sees that Corey also was involved in a death slash killing Is during Halloween. Happened? Like, okay. And, and now they're oh like God. friends. I'm getting a headache. Um, Corey then. No, they're friends. It also... <laughs> But like, because Michael like Myers Corey... is okay. This is what it is, Michael Myers. Okay, you know, an interview with a vampire. Okay, mm-hmm. where Lestat they sort of kill him, like Brad Pitt and Kirsten Dunst kill him, 
yeah. then he gets banished to the swamps and then for like 200 years lives on frogs and shit. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what Michael Myers is when we see him. Like he's weakened and we yes. are to believe has been eating like ra- homeless people, I guess, or something. Like I'm not exactly sure how he sustained himself, but he seems to be in a weakened state when Corey finds him. Because otherwise, I don't understand how he doesn't just murder him. No, no, totally. He de- No, I think that's definitely true. We can let, again, we can come back to it. But like, they share, just a, to get cl- they share a lover's glance in the sewer. But just to get clear movie. on this, like, his, there's an interaction, Michael to Corey. There is a flashback it, that we cut to, like it, somebody, there's some kind of mind meld thing happening. But, but, well, the mind meld is Michael seeing Corey's Halloween murder slash accidental death thing. And then they're like soulmates. But when you say but seeing I, it, it's like psychic. Like we, yeah, the yeah, audience, like see it eyes. and he's like flashing. Yeah. Literally, that's how it's It's presented. important to point out these details, John. Um, but where I was going is like, he also imbues Corey with like some of Michael's essence. Like, I, I mean, there's, I, there's no other way to describe that. But like now Corey becomes like more confident, more aggressive he he's like a protege he's like people. a murder protege basically yeah um and and that basically all leads up to halloween 2023 sure. i'm trying no no 2022 it's like this it's like this halloween i was like trying to see i'm getting confused by the four years versus three years um <laughs> and and that's the the climax of the Corey allison will they or won't they and also the Laurie Michael will there, won't they? Mm-hmm. Um, Which is what I mean. Whatever. That's that's part of my review. Is that that's right. pretty much the so story. So let's just stop there. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Casey, why don't you kick us off? All righty. So probably not going to surprise a lot of listeners out there, but I like this because I am. I do tend to be more apologetic, but I did enjoy this for what it was, and. Remember, I was the lone holdout on the Halloween Kills that it wasn't as bad as everybody else thought. And that I thought maybe he was building something to something. Can I ask a question? Did, have you watched yeah. Halloween Kills again since then? I have not. I want to. And I'm planning on I'm just, just to see if that helps. Like. Good. So I think it looks you're right. Hurts. Yeah, it may help. But I enjoy this because I think he did do something different and he was building to something. Was it what I expected? Not at all. And was it completely well put together and presented to us? No, not at all. But I enjoyed what he was doing with the story because I think and what I like is we've already seen Michael and Lori go at it. They've gone haywire on Haddonfield. And I like the idea of them showing what the trauma of Michael has on the community of Haddonfield itself, which I think we get a taste of in the second movie with the way that everybody comes out. And uh, what's his name for Breakfast Club leads the you know community to go beat up Michael in the parking lot or whatever. Yeah, you see that and you see a lot of it here. There's a line in here. There, uh Somebody was talking about Corey. Uh, they were talking about Corey and they were talking about, said something about Michael being gone for four years or missing for four years. And it's, they're like a small town like this is always going to create the next boogeyman. And that's what they were just setting up with Corey. I like that aspect of it. There was faults for sure. I'm not going to argue that. And there's some stuff like the things with the uh, whole relationship with uh, Allison and Corey. Why? We didn't need it. It didn't really add a whole lot, but, you know, real quick, the magic in the uh, pipe in the sewer with Michael and Corey. 
pretty cheesy too. I chose to believe like at the beginning when Corey first got there, it was because Michael was weak, but that doesn't explain away the flashback in Michael's eyeballs either. Right. Well, in Corey's eyes, those were cool. Oh, yeah. Corey's yeah. 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 The idea that they were presenting, it does look like that there were something happening telepathically between those two. That was silly because I like it when they do that. I didn't care so much that they pulled away from Lori and Michael because we've seen that a million times. And I don't know that they can come up with the fight and outcome with Lori and Michael that's going to make people. Well, uh, I certainly happy. I certainly understand the issue that like maybe the problem is there shouldn't be a slasher trilogy. Because it's a slasher. Like, they clearly yeah. were just, like, throwing shit at the wall. By this well, time. and part of my theory, too, and if you look at this as a trilogy, trilogy as a whole, because I've been tur- turning this around in my brain for a couple of days now, because I did watch, like, the first half of uh, the, the Halloween for this trilogy the other night. That movie is 100% Laurie Michael going at it and slasher fest. They did not set the right tone there. For this trilogy, if they were going to really lean into this community idea, they would have to have sprinkled more in to make that more apparent from that first movie, which is not. So well, I understand yeah. why you guys are expecting Listen, a Michael and Lori movie. I don't think they intended to make a trilogy. Like I have a whole, I have a whole theory now about how this happened. But I, think I don't they, disagree with. I that. think they left the option open, but like, hey, let's just because that that first movie, the loop in the first movie, is perfectly closed. There was no yep. need to make another one. I think it made bonkers money and Blumhouse was like so they were the money I was reading a little bit I haven't read that much about this movie because I was sort of like you can only process so much (laughs) they were during production of kills supposed to make kills and ends at the same time they were basically gonna like they feel like it I mean they they are they are cursed by that that just like we made two movies and the middle one doesn't feel like a whole movie. And the third one is a bum- bummer. Like well, the whole no, no, they ended up not being able to do that. They were some, they were but trying to, so I think, but I mean you, like you story right. wise. Yeah. yeah but yeah. what, like what John's saying that whatever prevented that happening back to back probably is when somebody said, Hey, what if we do this instead? And then it started to morph. I think it was just COVID honestly, like got yeah. fucked up all the, well, yeah, cause like fair. the first one comes it out happened, before right? COVID, right? Yeah. And then 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my theory just, I, I, I mean, I don't, Casey, not, I don't know if you're done. No, but like, no, you can go for it. Okay, because like my theory on the trilogy piece, and I don't know, we we went back and forth a little bit over email, I, and I don't remember if this 100% holds up with the second one, but there is a little bit of like, the first one's Laurie, the second one is whatever the hell the, the mom of Allison's name is, who I can't even remember. Yeah. Uh, and then this one's Allison. Like, because Allison, like... Yeah, sort this of. This one is sort of. It's sorry. Corey. It's not about Allison. It's about Corey. Well, Allison is his is a love interest as she's far as the f- concerned. Well, okay, so totally agree. She's not a fully realized character in this film. If anything, they took whatever character she was in the previous films and like like watered it down Butchered slash like it. made it flatter and dumber. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like there, like structurally, you could at least see how there's a universe of like. Generation one, generation two, and then like generation yeah. three, you know, like I'll buy that because, well, Allison is at least like the foil to Corey sure. in this. What it's not her film, but she is like, if Laurie and Michael are the first one, there's not really like a Michael stand in in the second one. It's really still Michael. Is Judy obviously. Greer like, I mean, it's been a long time. I think Judy I watched Greer, Halloween I Kills. I think I watched Halloween Kills twice. Is she really the focus of Kills? No, like, well, not... I, I mean, like, not really, but she's like totally <laughs> gone. And I do think we had talked about a email. Like, the second one is about the town. Like, that's where they like pivot and have this whole like 
Right, because that's where Lori stayed yeah, in the have, hospital. Have the whole, the whole yakety time. sack scene where everyone's running around the hospital. Yeah. And then the guy jumps off the roof. foreground very much like the like Haddonfield and the way Haddonfield was shaped by this Michael Myers experience. That, like, even that part isn't, I mean, it's carried forward here a little bit, and it's certainly carried forward in the finale of this film, but it is not no, here, really listen, addressed or dealt with. You got to finish, John, because I'm going to have an aneurysm. All right. Sorry. I know. And then, like, <laughs> I'm going to set a watch for Eric. I'm trying it's not like, to interrupt. Eric, you get like five minutes well, and then we're going we're gonna to we're gonna buzz you. Listen, um, I edit the show every week. I'll get as much time as I want. Yeah, no, I mean, look, like we can let you go. I, um, this, man, I came into this expecting it to be really bad um, because I thought Halloween Kills, I mean, we can debate, but we can also go back and listen to the episode. I have to be the one who hated Halloween Kills the most. I can't imagine Probably, someone hated yeah. it more than me. I was so angry watching that movie. I like this was less bad to me than Halloween Kills. See, I think this is worse. But yeah, so, there you go. Differences of opinion, I guess. Yeah. Oh. But um, it's still really, really bad. Like it's comically bad. But I was expecting something comically bad, and I was just like, it like met my expectations <laughs> of it being comically bad. Nailed Versus it. Halloween Kills, where I was so hyped because I thought Halloween was so fun. I was like, can't wait to see what they're doing. And then it was just complete, you know, abomination. So. I, this is really bad. It's, it's like, but it's almost like laughably bad. Like I can see a universe in 10 years where we fast forward and people are like watching this in screenings and like laughing because there's so many ridiculous things that are said. There are lines of dialogue that you're just like, what? It is, it is atrociously written. Yeah. So, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. okay. Begin rant and then. (gasps) Buckle Buckle in, gentlemen. You know, cut cut you. Um, you, uh, Texas when you're done. (laughs) Here, I've been, I've been really trying to like collate all of my issues with this movie so I can address them in an orderly manner. Okay. We don't need to be orderly. We can go all over. It is. First of all, to just zoom out for a second, because I know, because, uh, I do certainly understand the issue of trying to stretch this into three movies. I think the answer is it shouldn't have been. What I now believe happened, right, is if you look at that 2018 Halloween movie, it's very tight. It is, it succeeds in feeling modern while also honoring the stuff from the original. Like, yes, it's fan survey, but it's doing something different. It's pushing the boundaries a little bit of that stuff. Like, I think that movie hits like all the right notes. But what I think happened is that if you go back and look, like David Gordon Green was a pretty untested filmmaker at that point. He's done stuff, but like... Hold on. He's made plenty of movies. He wasn't like a tested horror... Horror filmmaker. For Blumhouse to hand him a Halloween remake, right? I think he made that first movie with a lot of guardrails, is what I think. Like, they knew that was a cash cow if it was done right. I think the Blum was on that set every fucking day. And I think they made sure through the whole process, right through editing, that that was like a tight picture that wasn't too insane, that hit all the right note. Like there was, I I feel now there was clearly like a hand guiding that. And then it made so much money and they like, everybody that works with Green, I think seems to love him. And so I think he took all this goodwill and all the success and they were like, you know what? You do you buddy, go do what you want. And gave him these two movies. And I think what you see are the results. Like this movie especially just feels like, like one of those Netflix movies where everyone said, oh, screw it. You do it. Filmmaker, man. Like we don't care. <laughs> I, so hold on. I think that does 
like does Netflix movies dirty because <laughs> the problem there is usually they're like a little like fat around the edges. Like they could have been trimmed by 10 minutes. This is just like, what, what, I don't even hundred percent know what you were trying to do. This movie is <laughs> nothing short of baffling. Okay. It is so sloppily written. No one acts like a human. They took these very well-formed characters from 2018, which were already shaky after kills and just butchered them. Like, I understand the idea that Jamie Lee Curtis has gone through some kind of metamorphosis, but she is acting like she had a lobotomy for this entire movie. Mm -hmm. She looks out of her mind. She Her book is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And this whole like tired trope of her rewriting the last line over and over until she gets it just right at the end. Oh my God, I couldn't deal with that, okay? <laughs> to end a trilogy... With a newly introduced character, Michael Myers isn't even in the fucking cold open of this movie, which is just a batch of crazy thing to do. This character is completely nonsensical. He's not acted well. Everything he says is insane. Okay. The, they then. Hold on. Can we just, he's very creepy. He's creepy. Allison. Who is like okay. a normal, attractive Allison, young woman is like very into him. He is like so creepy. So creepy, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. Allison, no woman has ever been hornier for a man than Allison is for this guy in this movie <laughs> for no reason. Like, it's like, well, she, because no, he got bullied. <laughs> but yeah. whatever, whatever. The but second, he's not, he's not even like charming. Listen, it's not like he's, he's not, like, he's not. Oh, wow. He's really got something. The second, the second, the second that she sees him, she imprints on him like the baby dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. But there's, yeah. <laughs> there, it's not earned whatsoever. This Allison character who in the first film was this really interesting layered teen, like layered teen character, right? Who's caught between generations and she's trying to live her life and overcome this generational trauma. And like, she's got this asshole boyfriend. Like there's so much going on with her there. She has no character traits in this movie. Her entire character is based on the fact that she is obsessed with this kid for no reason that is like apparent to the viewer, right? So that becomes like the focus of the movie. Jamie Lee Curtis, the whole movie, just kind of putters around town doing her life stuff. Um, she occasionally runs into the old cop dude who has the worst haircut I've ever seen in my life. Like just the worst it's haircut. It's so good. It's like, it's like a Hollywood, <laughs> it's like a Hollywood hair person was like, I don't know, make him look like kind of cool. Like not an old man. And no. instead he looks like he's been embalmed. Like he looks I terrible. He showed up on set and had like bad set of plugs or something. And they were just like, we got to do something here. He, <laughs> I'm so glad you noticed it too. He looks God awful in this movie. But so Jamie Lee Curtis is walking around town and like every once in a while, someone from the town just like pops out of a bush and is like, Hey, we were traumatized by Michael Myers. How dare you yeah. smile? Like that is this movie's idea of like subtle storytelling. So when I go online and I see people be like, cause I, I, John, you'll be happy to know. I've actually taken like an extended hiatus from Twitter. I'm really not nice. using it that much. I did go into Twitter to torch this movie cause I couldn't resist. I then turned the comments off on the tweet. And, um, but like, I saw people immediately being like, you listen, you guys just don't get it, man. It's this movie's all about Haddonfield's trauma. I, I thought, I thought blood was going to shoot out of my nose. I understand <laughs> that's what the movie is about because this screenplay screams what it is about at you every five seconds. There is not a single 
drop of subtext in this movie. Every idea that the movie is trying to get across is shouted at you by the characters over and over, sometimes practically looking at the screen and being like, wow, man really is well, the evil one. Like, whatever. Like that. The, hold like, on. Laurie is writing. She's right. Yeah, like, they use yes. the voiceover mechanic of she her writing. She is writing the book. Thing. It, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. and this is my, was my beef with Halloween Kills, too. These guys have these screenwriting ideas of what these movies are about, and then they do nothing to earn them, and then they shout them at you. So, like, nothing about this town being mad at Jamie Lee Curtis makes any sense whatsoever. And they were trying to hit that in Halloween Kills, too. It does not make sense. I'm sorry. There is no well, text and also, in this series four years that backs later, that up. It's like, look, we live in the world. Like, we live in the year 2022. The fact that people in Haddonfield 2022 would still be fixating on Michael Myers is fucking crazy. Well, dude, like, do you know how to Do they not have Twitter? They would have forgotten Michael Myers existed six John, days after John, he stopped killing people. John, people walk, into, people walk into schools and murder like 20 kids, and the news cycle is golf off of it a week later. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's it is a hilarious crazy. thing that it's like him like murdering people and 20 minutes is like, whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, whatever. That, that's one that, large. That's what was weird to me. My large, my huge problem is like all the characters are bad. The group of band gang members is the dumbest group of people. Like they single handedly our own Casey. They are single. <laughs> they are single handedly the worst thing in a just baffling, bafflingly awful movie. See, I, okay. I, I'll be honest. I didn't know they were band geeks. I thought they were just preppies. He was wearing a band <laughs> jacket, old, and they said it. Yeah, like, they, yeah, they were came from band pride. Like yeah, he says were, it in the beginning. And they were like talking about how there's like a football game that they, they have to play at that. And have you ever seen bands going to show up at the football game? It's like, wait, what universe? It's is also this like happening? they're all just completely different. They're dressed different. Like these are not kids that would be hanging out in any situation. Like, no, it doesn't even make sense that they're hanging out. That means this exists in the same. Uh, Movie universe is the 21 Jump Street remakes, right? Because they went back to school and all the geeky kids were the cool and bullies. <laughs> so that, I mean, they're just awful. Like I was just. Hold on. I'm just going to defend the like, like, like it was ridiculous. Like, but what I enjoyed was that they were set up as like annoying, like just like ridiculous, you know, ridiculous characters, but you knew they were going to get killed. So like, yeah. I mean, it, to me at least, made that scene in a better movie. Where, I get that satisfaction, but like, I was just waiting for it to happen. So yeah, no, no, but like when it happens, I was sort of like, all right, but cool. the bullies too Good are Corey. the bullies are a great example of what I'm talking about with this just shitty, like, heavy-handed screenwriting. Like literally, the Corey character at one point is getting bullied, and he he literally busts out. He he looks at this kid, and he's like, I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember the wording, but it's like. You're mean because to me because your dad is mean to you, and it's like well, thanks. And they I'm show watching, his dad being mean to him. Like literally, I'm like twenty hi, seconds before. Hi, I'm watching the movie, and I understand how movie bullies work. I don't need you to explain <laughs> it to me, but thank you. Like he's explaining <laughs> the character's pathos to him. Like okay, thanks. I, yeah. I don't. It, that was to show him coming out of his shell and kept gaining his confidence. But it, it's just, it's just. <laughs> oh God, it's so bad. Yeah. So. Somebody, I think, had pointed out, like, what if, so the, f I think that the fact that the Corey character is the focus of this movie is what kills it right out of the gate, regardless of anything else. Now, imagine, I don't know that it makes it better, not with this team of filmmakers, but had this been a character in the trilogy the whole time that we've followed and had some kind of emotional attachment to, at least maybe it feels more weighty and 
ha- has more suspense to it. Like, but you don't care about him. You've just met him. I, He's well, creepy and off-putting. So why do I care about anybody? The Allison character is non-existent. So you don't really care about her. And Jamie Lee Curtis is walking around like she got a lobotomy. So you're just like, who am I, I, I had a to? moment where I had to check and I did the quick Google, like look like, at the characters. Was he in these movies? To see if he was in the earlier movies. I was like, did I forget this Corey character? It's an it, Easter egg. He's he... one of the people running around the hospital at the end of all of Like Scooby-Doo style, like, in and out of the doors. <laughs> yeah. Literally, that's, hap- that's happening <laughs> at one point. Yeah. It's, um, so, yeah. like, this is a bad movie. And it's not, it's not just that they decided to try something different. Because, like I said, I get third movie in a slash trilogy. You got to try to mix it up. But... Don't sell me a trilogy of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode finishing their story and end it on the saga of Corey, who, by the way, dies in the third act, has no real like material impact on the plot. And then you have the most anticlimactic showdown between Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis because there's Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm going to move in close to the mic when I say this. They are side characters in this movie. So when Corey suddenly dies... You are then watching two side characters that you have no investment in have a lame fight and then the movie's over. And it's like, yeah. what? They, they, they do this thing where the movie pivots very quickly to be like, hey, remember Laurie and Michael is actually the big thing. But it, it's like 10 seconds. And also the big dramatic, then, the big dramatic buildup is that Corey sort of like tricks Jamie Lee Curtis into looking like he killed him. She killed him to, I guess, so she'll lose her granddaughter that doesn't that goes nowhere 30 seconds later they're like oh i get it that's not what happened like yeah she walks down the street it's like oh grandma it just completely deflates so that's (laughs) but that's the build-up of the entire movie is that because really that's where the dramatic conflict builds is between Corey and jamie lee curtis because by the way when she looks outside and he's standing by the tree like Michael Myers, I wanted to throw my fucking TV out of the window because that was the dumbest shit that I've ever seen. <laughs> like, was, are you kidding it me? It wasn't great. Just for like an as an exercise, can you just picture like Corey and Michael Myers strolling together to their next murder point through town? Like, what does <laughs> well, that look so like? So there's one scene and I, it's it's sort of beginning of the third act probably. So I, I, I want to, let me come back to the scene I'm thinking of. But what sets it up is there's bun- there's a bunch of scenes of Corey and Allison riding his motorcycle because for a large part of this movie, it's sort of like a soap opera about yeah. Corey and Allison falling in love. So, and when I say love, I mean, it becomes she like just being smitten with him and him doing nothing. It becomes like to an, earn her. it becomes yeah. like an indie drama. Yeah. yeah. So um, there was a scene where he's riding the motorcycle and you don't see it. You know, you can tell the motorcycle is coming. It's like sort of here comes a motorcycle. And I, I was just like, if Michael is on the back of this goddamn motorcycle with Dude. him, it would have made my <laughs> but life. John, don't you think he probably was at some point and they just didn't show it? They got around really yeah, quickly. They got around. The other. Like Haddonfield is apparently a major city now. They needed some kind of transportation. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. and like, riding from the industrial dude, district in Haddonfield to the, the, the suburbs. They introduced so many characters in the last movie, right? Like they introduced all these people that had been affected by Michael. You had Anthony Michael Hall and Kyle Richards. I think Anthony Michael Hall survived the last movie, but like he's not back. Didn't he survive? Or did he oh, die? Yeah, I don't end? remember. Like Kyle I, Richards is here. Here's a character. I thought she died. I was, but like, like he, wait, why? But here's here? a great example of a character that was 
painstakingly, like annoyingly inserted into Halloween Kills, who you could have done something with. She does nothing but serve people drinks and talk about tarot cards. That's all she does in this yeah. movie. So again, like yeah. it's like so it's so baffling for them to just bring in a, a new person from like whole cloth. So you're not wrong. I see your points and I understand where your problems are. And those some are those are real problems. I just for me, I enjoyed this concept and the, where they were trying to take the story. That's what I always get into with the movie. So it makes it easier for me to overlook some of those problems as far as my enjoyment goes. But yeah, you're not wrong. Those characters in this movie are all paper thin and it takes a lot out of this for sure. And like the whole love affair with Allison and Corey is like a huge problem with this movie because there's no substance to it. It's so it's so much of the movie, and at some point you're just scratching your head, like, what am I even watching right now? Yeah. Like it's so yeah. baffling. I did text you all. So I oh, my dude, experience of watching I watched this it movie. Friday night and I could not wait for you to watch. I was just I was <laughs> eagerly anticipating your watch. So I had my experience watching this movie. I texted you both because I had watched probably the first 45 minutes. Literally, the scene I turned it off. At By the way, Mike, you was, don't see Michael Myers until like forty-five minutes into this movie. So it was just after. It was the first time that they show Allison and Corey riding on the motorcycle, with her sort of like staring lovingly at his the back of his head Insane. while he's riding. Neither of them wearing helmets, which whatever, I don't really care, but it's just amusing. Um, well, you need to see their furtive glances, John. Yeah, yeah. I so I stopped the movie then because I, I had to go to bed, whatever, and I texted you both and just said, "What the fuck is going on?" So in this I, movie it's right so now? funny because yeah. I, I cut it at almost the same point and broke it into two viewings, and I was saying to Elizabeth like. I could not tell you what happens next. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> not in a good way. Well, but when you, so when I picked it up, the rest of the movie is completely insane. Yes. But it actually, like, a lot happens. And there's a lot, like, there's a fair number of kills in more, the last. More happens in the second half, I guess I'll give you that. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. the, what I, where I was going is like the third act, what ends up happening? Corey fully transitions to Michael. Now, I, when I cut the movie on day one, and we didn't talk about this, and it, this is obviously super spoilery, my assumption based on what I had watched to that point was that there was going to be a Corey is the new Michael setup. I was fairly shocked when Corey died. Now, I am curious if you think because it renders it, it renders his entire storyline moot. Well, what's the point? Yeah. What Which is, is the, the whole movie. But they do, they go through so many of the motions. So Michael Myers does not kill anyone in this movie. Or if he does, I mean, he kills whatever, two people, maybe he something kill, like that. Corey kills like nine people. No, but doesn't Corey, does, or do they both kill the doctor and the nurse? Well, that was my point over text. If you get rid of that scene with the doctor and the nurse, it's not a slasher movie at all. No one dies. Yeah. Uh, no, no, he kills, uh, Corey kills all the band kids in pretty yeah. gruesome sure, fashion. But that, for sure. But like, so there's. Yeah. That you you can tell cool. too, I guarantee you this was a studio note in the first like 10 minutes, they show like a crazy quick cut montage of like every kill in Halloween kills. And I yeah. guarantee you that was a note from someone that was like, yo, we got to see this dude kill someone. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the problem with this movie too, though. Like if you want to be the person that comes in and is going to change the Halloween franchise and do your own thing with the trilogy concentrate on the community and stuff it'd almost be better if michael and laurie weren't part of this at all if they were going to focus on that community aspect and Corey, 
I feel like they saw. I feel like they're like you need Michael. Michael is the Halloween franchise. I feel like somewhere Halloween three. Well, no, no, no. that's not. No, I'm not. I'm not saying I buy into this theory or anything like that. There are theories out there that he was going for this because it's the structure is somewhat similar to Halloween one, one Halloween two, and then Halloween three, which is not really about Michael. So I'm just acknowledging. But here's not even in. Here's where that's bullshit. Here's where that's bullshit because I've seen this too. It does that does not hold water, and here's why. Uh, sure, people in 1983 who were much less media savvy, right, may have ended up in a theater watching Halloween three, expecting Michael Myers felt like they got duped or whatever. So, John, for like people are basically like, well, no, that, I, I, yeah, Halloween three is a cult I mean, classic. You should right? explain the backstory for the listener, but I, no, no. I'm but what familiar. I'm saying is, people now are saying like, well, this is just a like Halloween three, and people love that movie now. It will be appreciated in the future. That's what people are saying. Yeah, here's the problem with that. Here's the problem. <laughs> In the timeline of that original Halloween timeline, Michael Myers died at the end of Halloween 2. So this movie, he's not supposed to be in Halloween 3. He's not. They never tell you he is. If you were confused in 1983, it's because you were much less media savvy. You might have just seen Halloween gone and, and saw it. That's a different thing. Well, and John Carpenter was specifically trying to turn Halloween into a serialized franchise that that wasn't. That is a whole other universe than a trilogy about Jamie, a trilogy, a, yeah. a planned trilogy about Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Myers, where it's, he's still alive going into the movie. Like Aaron, I need, it's the end of a saga where the saga concludes. Well, it should have been, but I don't think it did. Did it? See, but I, I'm oh, saying, yeah. oh, come on. I'm saying while I like the Corey aspect, I think it would have worked better if we did, if they went, really went for it and went without Michael and Lori in this because it would have been a perfect setup for with the history of this kid and coming in and assuming the mantle because he's, you know, it's really easy to spin that story as he's going to dress up like Michael. So people think it's Michael. We don't find out just like Friday the 13th. I kind of disagree. I kind of disagree. I feel like I would have pulled it the other way where I I think I would have been okay with the idea of a character and him, like maybe a character taking on those characteristics or something if it had more Michael and he was more of a pre I mean, he is a non presence in this movie, which is insane. Like I think it's I, too risky to try to totally hand it over in a third well, film in a trilogy. You've, the problem is you've presented it. I mean, to your point, Eric, you presented this as a trilogy. You've presented it as the end of the large short saga. I like Casey's idea like the, that. And I did think that's where they were going is sort of, de-emphasize Michael or or have there be a new generation of Michael and then the conflict can be Allison as Laura. This kid also Michael. needed to be yeah. bigger. This kid needed to be bigger. He's like my size. Like he was very yeah. not intimidating in the Michael Myers yeah. mask. That's true too. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't want to ride the actor too hard. Like it's the character's not good. The, it's not the right actor. It's he's so he he's anti-charming at no point yes. do you want to even i do not give a fuck what is happening to this kid no at any moment or allison movie. honestly because yeah. they just she's so non-existent as a character yeah see but like if you went with my idea too it would make because i there was actually a point like the first two times that they showed Corey going down to the pipe and messing around with michael i actually wondered if michael was actually Hold on, there. just to be clear the pipe is where michael myers lives now <laughs> yeah it's like a sewer <laughs> the pipe thing. down by the river yeah. <laughs> But they, uh, 
I actually wondered there a couple times when they showed him, especially when he was winning fights against Michael, if he, Michael was actually there. Like the kid was obviously going nuts. There was stuff going down. Maybe he was hallucinating. They, I mean, they ruled that out for you pretty quick. You see Michael out and about. You see both of them around. That's not what happens. I thought that could have been where they were going. Mm-hmm. It would have lent to that yeah. idea of this kid becoming Michael, you know, which I think there was elements that could have worked. The other thing I will say, too, just to back, back up a little bit on this Halloween 3 thing is that the the massive difference between these two films is that Halloween 3 is a like fun goofy campy movie that does not take itself very seriously. Yeah, this that's thing true is too. so dour and self-serious. Like they just think they're making like elevated horror about trauma, man. And like meanwhile it's one of the worst movies you've ever seen. <laughs> like now maybe maybe that circles around. If you want to tell me in 10 years you having like Rocky Horror style midnight screenings where people are making fun of this Okay, maybe I'll buy. Maybe I'll buy that. Yeah. Can we- uh, that that's where my money's on. If this movie yeah. survives and has any legacy, it's that. There's no way. Can we discuss? It survives otherwise. Do we think that there's like a Haddonfield WhatsApp chat group organizing body burnings? Because how exactly did they get like 400 people instantly <laughs> to the junkyard? Like, well, yeah. the cops. So was, silly. The cops are driving oh right with their sirens on. These I mean, types of scenes. Of the these types of scenes are so not earned. It's like laughable when they happen. Well, yeah. I love that the sheriff shows up in that final scene. Where the fuck has that guy been? Yeah, I know he, he wasn't was in it the whole time. <laughs> in the second film, by the way, Michael. He was in the first film. <laughs> Mike, yeah, Michael Myers, in that scene where he's on the cop car. It, it, here's why it's unearned. There are no real cops in this movie, right? Like it's yeah. not, the yeah. cops are not a character. So what you're seeing there is like, Oh, their trauma and they're revenging for the people. But it's like, you are not people to me. You're not, uh, your presence <laughs> has not been felt in the film whatsoever. One of the cops says something along the lines of, uh, is, this, this isn't how we do things. And then I think it's the sheriff says this shit, time right. we do yeah. or something yeah. like that. And also that. when they're dragging his body around town, he doesn't have his mask on. So for all these people now, it's just some old dude being fucking dragged yeah. on top of the <laughs> cop car. So, all right. So this actually, you're getting to another, I, and, and this can be for either of you, but Eric as sort of the, as the chronicler of, of <laughs> Halloween lore, <laughs> What is Michael, right? Because <laughs> Casey raised this earlier. He's living in this sewer for four years. No one's seen him. The sewer is like in the middle of town. It's not like a hidden away sewer. I mean, it's under like a highway overpass, but there's homeless people living under the highway overpass. Like someone would have seen him if he was coming out. He, we are led to believe that he is surviving. I guess Casey joked about like so, rats, whatever. But here's where I'm going. Laurie kills him in a pretty, yeah, I mean, whatever the fight, it's not like a great scene or anything, but it's like, it's a scene. The hand stabbing is kind of fun. Um, and then she just kills him. Like he's a human. She, she cuts his throat. Right. I mean, opens this, up his vein, this, and he just dies. This series, he is like incredibly strong for basically a geriatric man. Who's been in prison for yeah. like 40 yeah, yeah. years. Yeah. But they, they I, and you know, there, normal, there's really the been nothing. I feel like, suggesting he's supernatural outright now what's interesting is there's like a lot of he can see into people's memories well that's part of it and there is a there's a deleted scene from halloween so like if you remember in halloween kills they steal his mask and they use it to lure him into the street where he gets attacked by the hilarious mob of people with their like um monopoly icon weapons or whatever and (laughs) but there was a deleted scene from that film 
suggesting that his power comes from the mask and that's why when they steal it he's like lured by it but they'd cut that out so what you're left with is like there's not a lot of like overt text saying he's supernatural but he's clearly insanely strong like in the first one he's punching through doors basically well he when he's fighting those firemen yeah he like uh, mercs those firemen so part of the Part of the first movie I did rewatch at the beginning of that movie when uh, pa- uh, podcaster psychologist guy goes to interview Michael and they're on the giant checkerboard outside and they got Michael standing there in the chains and he walks up and holds that mask to him and Michael just stands there. But there was something they were focusing on that the more Michael stood there, the more they taunted him, the crazier everybody around him went. So I always thought, and I felt that rewatching it this time, that felt like they were going for some supernatural angle. But now they're yeah. definitely at the end of this one. They're like, oh, no, there's nothing. I well, will do say- a little bit of it with the kit. Corey takes the mask from Michael. So that's when he truly sort of takes the mantle and, and goes on his killing spree. But then Michael takes the mask back before his final showdown with Laurie. Right. I think I'm getting that right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm. It doesn't work necessarily. Um, um, the uh, uh, so that Thresher thing they throw him into at the end, I'm convinced that is like a uh, a lane of TikTok, which is people who work in junkyards and own these things and just throw shit into it and film it. I'm convinced yeah. that the idea for this came from TikTok. Yeah, that's like a product of that Will and Blend, right? Where they throw shit in that industrial right, blender, right? Um, <laughs> So I just want to talk about one more scene because I I need the like edification on this. The scene where he kills the doctor and the nurse. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions about this because from what I remember, what we see is, and it's hilarious, like Allison goes from zero to Joker in this movie so fast. It's insane. She's like, burn it all down. I'm like, who are you? What is happening? Yeah. Um, but and but, only for 10 minutes. She's right. She's, and then she's yeah. just never, to me. never mind. But it's it is very, I think, muddled in the film, how much she really understands about what's happening to Corey. And when she tells him, let's burn it down. What does she mean versus what does he mean? Cause he means stab people. She just seems to mean like, just, just dance. Like no one's watching. Like it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. uh, no, she wants to leave. She's ready to leave. Right. But it is, people. it is. Meanwhile, he's becoming a murderer. It's super unclear to me what she knows and what she do, because she seems real sinister at a few points in the movie. It's, it's not measured very well. But we see a scene where she has a bad day. It's really not that bad. Like the doctor's kind of a dick to her and the nurse is kind of mean to her. And that's it. Like it's not heinous. Well, she's upset because she's not being promoted. This comes up. There's like several. She's not being promoted because she basically like won't give the doctor a hand job. And the other nurse is participating in that situation. I think it's like after that though. Now, but that, but my point being like, that's no different from what we've seen her experience the whole movie. Like that it's, it's not escalated. She, well, I, I think the burn it down conversation happens after that. Is that right? I'm not sure. But then we jump know. to the only real murder scene in the whole movie, which is Michael and Corey kill this doctor and nurse. But how we never, from what I remember, we never see her say to like complain to him about these people. There's no connective tissue between why he would even be there. Like, to a point that leaves me wondering, like, is this movie suggesting that she asked him to kill them for her? Because, like, I would, I couldn't, based on what they're showing me, if they're leaving it up to interpretation, I could make that argument that that's what happened. You may be, you may be right. I don't. But that seems insane. Ever mention about her coworkers to Corey? That well, seems insane, especially with her, with her. I just about- assumed it. 
You assumed that what? Or or that that he he either overheard her complaining about the coworkers or she like we don't see every scene of them to, together. You think and you think she they're just, riding around on that motorcycle. But you lot, think so. she just complained and then he went and took that in his own direction. Yeah, he's basically Well, he was crazy at that point. But don't you leave Michael, it See, I think she's one, being I think she's being so weird and cagey and so like sinister that I think this movie that's like a big miss to leave out that context of how these I just, scenes I, connect. I, my sense is you are overreading some sloppy screenwriting um because that's what, that's what is, i'm saying it's something well, when she yeah because when she reconciles with her mom the first thing she says to her is that she says to laurie is he killed all those people like that's why she we are led to believe that's why she forgives or or sort of reconciles so quickly with laurie after having what appeared to be a very big fracture. I can take my sweatshirt off yeah. and get all worked up over here. Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're overheating. <laughs> I mean, that's, but that's the problem with the characters and that's what makes the whole community idea and like the trauma idea seem silly because we're seeing that trauma that how Haddonfield's responded to that trauma. But at this point, the Lori and Allison, Lori, who's been through this twice now and Allison, who knows it's true and suffered through it and it's four years later and they're not showing any signs of trauma whatsoever. I, I, I good. you know, Jane Doe walking on the street is fucking livid Dude, about a, that. A great, <laughs> a great drinking game with this movie would be how many times a rant, a random Haddonfield light just pops out of a bush or something and just screams at one of the characters about how traumatized they are. Yeah. Cause like the lady, the first lady that popped out at her, you know, my brother, my husband or my brother, or whatever died to Michael. It was your fault. And like, if you're Laurie, you're like, well, yeah, he attacked me when I was a Dude, kid and yeah. he's been chasing me since I was a baby. Listen, <laughs> I defy anyone to explain to me in a way that makes sense why they're mad at Laurie. Cause it does not make what? any sense. And the whole movie hinges on it. Basically the, um, the black woman who is in the wheelchair, was she from the original Halloween or was she just no, from I one of the think, new ones? I think that's from, she's from Halloween Kills. Aren't, isn't that the couple where he like stabs the husband like a billion times? Just like he's having fun. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, that's real. That's kind of lame then. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a problem with the town hating her because I mean, it's been made apparent that Michael was hunting down. I just don't think they earned Lori, it. Even if she's not his sister in this trilogy. Oh, hold on. We, and I know we're getting to the end of this, Casey T, but like you made me just remember this. Yeah. The thing that I found most distasteful about this whole Haddonfield hating Laurie is because now all of a sudden Laurie, they've, they've turned Laurie into like a, uh, I don't, well, I can't even come up with the right word right now, but like a mix. Like she was seducing Michael. So it's, they, that's why they blame her. It's so wild. And it's, there are several confrontations where they were like, that boy, there was one, I think they were like, that boy was slow and you came on to him and blah, blah. like they basically imply in the original Halloween, the carpenter, whatever, 77, that Laurie seduced him. That set off the whole thing. And then like he came <sighs> oh back for God. her and, but it was all her fault Ugh. from the beginning. Also like, that's, but be, because of the, because of the fun. weird, like affect, like she, it doesn't even seem to bother her that much. Like she'll be upset for one scene. And then she'll just go back yeah. to her book and just writing her like little stories about her healing. And it's like, are you impacted is, by this or not? I did like the scene where uh, she's because there's this whole moment. It's it's totally cheap. And and frankly, I would say um, it's not uh, honest filmmaking, but they have this whole setup where 
she is um, uh, talking about how I think she's talking to the cop and she's like, what am I supposed to do? I either live with it or I kill myself or something like that. And then there's this scene when she's in the house and she has the gun and she's gotten the gun out oh God. and she's play acting like she's going to kill herself. But then she's actually like surprising Michael. It's, it's the opposite of dramatic tension yes. because, you know, in that setup, the audience knows something that the characters don't here. The characters are withholding something from the audience. We are being tricked. Yes. Like Michael's being tricked. And it's, a, it, it feels cheap, now, but I also sort of like, I chuckled. When I she will shot say, I will say, if she had killed herself, might have 180'd on this movie, because that might have been the most incredible <laughs> like, moment in cinematic shit. history. <laughs> I thought she did for a second until I saw, like, realized it was pumpkin guts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Um, That's most That, that would have been nuts if there were credits right then. <laughs> yeah, I forgot dude, about what? them accusing Suicide her of roll credits. Michael. Oh. So do, that, that mean, wasn't in Halloween Kills or even it wasn't in the earlier parts of this show. Was that new to this movie? So I don't remember. So much shit happens in Halloween Kills. Like, how do you even keep track of it? It's just like, yeah. it's, there's like a kitchen sink movie, Halloween Kills. I and honestly then, have, I honestly do not remember at all once they said that she wasn't actually his sister. I forget why he was obsessed with her. Yeah, I don't know. This okay. movie is bad, John. <sighs> well, uh, no, we sir, processed I, I it. I don't like it. I don't think I'm ever going to have to watch this again unless it becomes the cold hit of can 10 I, years from can now. Can I be real with you too? All this shit with Corey and like all this like loner bullied. This movie crosses the Venn diagram into Rob Zombie remake territory, like straight up. <laughs> so there uh, is, now you, listen, there is shared DNA and I don't like it. I, so I a hundred percent agree when they were doing the setup of Corey is the new Michael, and I really thought that's where this was going. All this was missing and was Love Hurts while he sits all sad on yeah, a porch. Well, <laughs> I, I honestly thought, my I had the same thought, which was, they're doing the exact, like, the problem with the Rob Zombie one is over-explaining why Michael yes. is a killer, and Corey, it's, we see every step along the way from him killing a kid accidentally, to becoming an outcast, and being bullied by band kids. Oh my God, so And much. then it's, you know. Bullied by it band was, kids? It was, you're right, it was the exact same <laughs> that thing. Is sad, the mom, that is sad. The mom kissing him and then slapping him. <laughs> it was like the white trashy sort of mom. I mean, I don't know if white trash is probably No, it wasn't, no, no. Her, she like, literally still. She fucking crazy. She still looked like she was wearing the same costume that she had on like four years earlier in the, in the cold open. Yeah. Like her hair I was just, still like a flapper. Yeah, she did look like she was wearing that flapper dress. It was bizarre. <laughs> Meanwhile, though, stepdad, fucking legend, all star, legend. We didn't, we didn't really. We're not even gonna get. To I this, like him because he doesn't seem like an actor. He kind of just seems like the dude that actually runs that place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorite part was when they finally got back to the uh, right before he died, and they finally get back to the salvage yard, and they cut over to the stepdad, and he's sitting in his office playing Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Hmm. What a He's a real one. Yeah. I feel pretty good about the work we did here, John, tonight. How do you feel? I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else you guys want to bring there. up? I think I actually hit all my points amazingly. I just want to say I felt like I got to hit my points too, which Great. is good for a Halloween episode. That's so I appreciate it. <laughs> that's wonderful. I'm glad you feel that way. That's why we didn't have another guest on. It would have been too much. Too much chaos. <laughs> yeah. All right. Would that's you, the moment of truth, fellas, would you recommend this movie, John? No. Casey. I'd say yes. Uh, this is a first in this trilogy. I would say hell no. Although I already know we've already, if you, you we probably piqued your interest and now people are going to go watch it just out of curiosity, but no, 
I would say no. So there you go. We will not be visiting my top 10 list on the way back here. <laughs> but uh, let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. The shape. The face. The town. The night. Ten years later. He's back. Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, rated R. Starts Friday, the theater or drive-in near you. Hey, this is Sasha Jensen from Halloween 4, and you're listening to Bloody Good Horror. like the longest day week of my life and talking about this movie just depleted my last health bar so <laughs> holy mother of crap here we are um i just uh, i did just look up the the um salvage yard owner so uh rick moose oh nice name former police officer former police officer uh and then imdb says bit by the acting bug there you go look at this guy Ironic, he didn't play a police officer in this movie. Although I understand that's not how acting works. Um, okay, real quick, I just want to say we announced our contest winners last week to HalloweenCostumes.com. I then forgot to email their codes. So I'm going to do that as soon as the show is over. So Rich, Clementine, and Frank, hang in there. Check your Patreon messages. That's where they will be. Um, and you can check out Patreon at patreon.com slash bloody good horror to get a live stream, back episodes, the Patreon feed, Slack, the works. So there you go. Uh, you know what else you can get right now, John? Mm-hmm. I know you already, well, no, you probably haven't. Oh, let me backtrack a second. You follow me on Spotify, right, John? Uh, yeah. Have you seen that my album is out on Spotify now? No. <laughs> you didn't have a, I figured you had a listening party already. Yeah, no, no. I, uh, I blocked my calendar for next week. <laughs> okay, to watch good. or to, excuse me, to listen. Please report back. Anyway, that, yeah. uh, my album, The Bloody Pits that came out on, uh, Bandcamp a couple months ago is now out on Spotify. So it's, it is ready. It is a soundtrack of sorts, John, a concept album, and it's mm. ready for your ears for Halloween. Okay. So there you go. Uh, Hi-Fi, John. That's how you find that. H-Y-F-Y mm-hmm. on Spotify. You got to bang that follow button. Please. Yeah, follow. That That always is good. There's some good... Uh, if you listen to my stuff too and you have radio turned on, it's programmed now. There's some really good... You'll get some good soundtrack stuff that kicks in like after my stuff. So just let it ride. 
Nice. Uh, we got one email this week from Randy. You guys know Randy. It's a long time, Randy. long time. Yeah, man. We are deep in the Halloween season. What are everyone's favorite Halloween TV episodes? My top three this year. The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror season 33. A Bob's Burgers Simpsons crossover. I haven't seen Simpsons in 25 years. The Poloni Show Halloween special. This is an hour-long compilation of horror comedy shorts by a variety of collaborators. Several spooky famous actors make appearances. That's on YouTube. I actually saw that on the Hulu banner last night. Okay. The Poloni Show? Yeah, I never heard of it. P-A-L-O-N-I is how you spell that. Uh, and lastly, the Scary Opposites Solar Special. It killed me. I'm dead now. Solar Opposites, probably. Yeah, yeah. Solar Opposites. I would agree with the uh, Solar Opposites Halloween special. Uh, what is that? It, what is Solar Opposites? It's a show by uh, the guy that's the not Dan Harmon of the uh, Rick and Morty crew. Uh, it's another show from him. It's about these aliens that are crashed on Earth and are basically living in part of society and stuff. It's pretty funny. Uh, it's got some good voice actors in it. Uh, but for the Halloween special, um, I don't want to spoil it for people, but I think you all need to... Uh, we all like uh, Tales from the Crypt and the Crypt Keeper, so I'd say watch it. Interesting. Yeah, I only really have reference for like um, vi like vintage, because I don't watch TV really anymore. So like vintage yeah. um, Halloween episodes. I always remember loving um, uh, Home Improvement. Yeah. I had awesome Halloween episodes back in the day. My favorites that always that still stick with me were always Roseanne, Roseanne Halloween specials. For sure. Yep. Those are awesome. Those are good ones. What, I, I don't have any. And it may like the, the, the heyday of uh, the Simpsons House of Horror episodes in like the 90s where they were hitting all those like horror where they, where they weren't having to like stretch for content. Like there's yeah. there's one where they do Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's really amazing. And X-Files and like all that kind of shit. Also, not a show. I always loved it when Bill Hader was still on SNL, and they always did a skit on um, Vincent Price's Halloween special with Bill Hader. Those were I always look forward to those. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, Casey. Um, what's on Twitter? All right, on Twitter we got the hashtag #SBGH. Use it. We will answer. We got some tweets tonight. First up, at Schnecky ninety one. Favorite childhood Halloween costume. I dressed up as the Wolfman once and broke my fake teeth, so I walked around all night with my lower jaw protruding out to show my fangs. My jaw hurt for days, but I did <laughs> not care. <laughs> um, I was a Ninja Turtle, like a homemade style Ninja Turtle one year that at the time I probably just felt embarrassed by my like cheap homemade costume, but I look back on fondly now. It was Michelangelo. My mom made all my costumes, so I had some great ones over the years, but I think I've talked about it on here before. My favorite was always the paper mache R2-D2 that like was full body and fit over my head. <laughs> Amazing. That's it's so wild. My wife did a paper mache. Casey, you're the reason you're the reason, Casey, why in the 90s we had to watch like film strips that were like, don't cover your face with cardboard on Halloween. Be safe. <laughs> it was my mom's idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we have from at the Nun Club. After seeing Halloween ends, I must ask: Is slasher psychic possession cuckolding horror the next step above <laughs> elevated horror? If so, can we go any higher, or have we peaked? It's like the Mortal Kombat like ladder. Like that's the next yeah. step. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I dig that. 
Next up, we have at HorrorFan4129. What's your go-to Halloween lolly? Or as you put it, Halloween candy. And what's one you'll avoid eating? When I could eat stuff, it was Reese's Pumpkins. Oh, yeah. Very solid. I mean, all the Reese's stuff. Reese's Pieces. I love Reese's Pieces. Eric it knows this better than anyone. It's it's also sweet. I like almost can't yeah, handle I mean, it anymore. It would kill me. Yeah. Um uh Snicker bar. Still yes. also very, very high on my list. I, I just it's less aggressively sweet. I like, used to yeah, I mean when I was a kid, sweet. fuck it. Because you get the peanuts. When yeah. I was a kid, I was a dumpster oh, basically. Easily, I, w- I would have eaten like I would take it all as a kid. I didn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. No. I just don't like sour stuff. That's kind of where I draw the line. And the sour modern- kids. I can't, nice. I can't do Very so much. Kids. I, I, I won't tits. say the modern age, but because Delaney doesn't trick or treat anymore. But when she was trick or treating, uh, I always like the take fives because it's not one I would normally buy for myself. But they got that pretzel in there and stuff. Oh, nice take, the- yeah, take five is excellent. Yeah, Strong, I agree. Sweet tarts, I would do. Mm. I like a good sweet tart. All right, next up we have. At Marcus UC26. Marcus, who's uh, one of our recent uh, joiners to Slack also. What are your guys' favorite Halloween traditions? I'm big on carving the pumpkin. I, I find I was going to say the same thing. I find carving pumpkins pumpkin carving. so yeah. relaxing. Every year I do it, I'm like, I want to buy a pumpkin every week and carve it. <laughs> like, it makes <laughs> me so, the seeds. It makes me so happy, I and I like to roast the seeds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we occasionally proceed sometimes it's too much. I wouldn't say I find it relaxing mainly because my children are sort of all well, like yes. huddled around like yelling usually. Um, but I do enjoy pumpkin carving. Yeah, they. Uh, I always love the pumpkin seeds. My mom was a kindergarten teacher, would always carve pumpkins with her kids in her class when I was growing up. And so she always brought pumpkin seeds, but tons of pumpkin seeds home and roasted them. I can even remember watching her do it on the big electric skillet and stuff. It's just good stuff. It hits me right in the feels. Yep. I have a lot of memories right. and stuff too. But Go ahead. No, go for it. All right. Next up, Miles on film. Now that Michael's body is literal mulch, if a new movie comes along that a sequel that's a sequel rather than a complete reboot, how do you think they could bring him back to life with this continuity? Thanks for the show and everything you do. Please don't. As I think I'm in it and I think they intentionally shut off this continuity. Like my guess is yeah. my yeah, guess it was is the most aggressive possible continuity. I would closes. guess oh, yeah. I would guess that either this ends Blumhouse's deal or they don't intend to make anymore. So they wanted to just seal it off for anyone else. So Blumhouse has already said they, that this is the end of their deal. They're not exactly. pursuing any further. So when you think about it in business terms like that, it makes sense that they literally turned them into mulch because they're not going to do anyone else's job for them, basically. Right. Um, it's going to get, it'll get bought by somebody and completely rebooted. It's again. um well, Michael Akkad, I think is the name of the producer. I'll be honest. Owns. I don't ever want to see a Halloween movie again. I already thought, I already thought that 2018 being as good as it was, was a frigging miracle. And they proved that by making two just turds after that. So like, just stop. Like there, there's not yeah. enough. There is not enough material to mine there. I don't Look, think there's fuck loads of good horror movies out there that aren't Halloween related. Like what are exactly. we doing? There? Yeah, I agree. Or you could do go with that original idea and make movies about Halloween and not necessarily Michael Myers. I have there plenty. I have plenty of remake movies. season of the witch. How about that? There I, you go. I have plenty of movies, Halloween movies. I can rewatch on a loop until I die. I'm good. There you totally. go. 
All right, we have another one from Matt Schnacky91. Do you think that Cult of Thorn storylines could have turned into anything remotely cool, or was it a bad idea from the start? I might have shit my pants. I might have shit my pants if Thorn came up in this movie. Like that's how they keep this going, right? Like the only way is like some runes nonsense. There's no like his body's gone. So yeah, I mean, man. Well, the cult would have to like imbue his spirit or something. I don't have enough energy. Else, right? I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't have enough energy for Thorn Rant. Right That's now. when yeah, we get the yeah. first female Michael Myers. Hmm. Listen, I take uh, it back. Jamie Lee Curtis also said she's never. She's like said she'll they she'll die before she does another one. I mean, I, why would you yeah. at this point? I take it back. If they give me a sequel to Halloween Six, I'll watch it. I want Halloween, Halloween six, Seven. Part two. Yeah, <laughs> Halloween Six Part Two. <laughs> Yeah, if they figure out a way to bring Paul Rudd back, I'd be I'd be down. Like I sp- I want to pick up right where Halloween Six <laughs> gets off. All right, the last tweet we got tonight from at Erie, Arizona. Which iconic character of horror is the most overrated in your humble opinion? E.g., Dracula, Michael Myers, Freddy, Jason, Chucky, Ash, Mummy, Elvira, the Warrens, etc. Elvira, come on, it's not Elvira. I missed the question. Yeah, it's not Elvira. Pro- properly rated on Elvira. <laughs> I would go with the Warrens because if you've like read a lot of that true crime stuff and whatnot, the Warrens were not good people and what they've turned them into is not great. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even like lo- like putting them in a category with Dracula is I'm sorry. <laughs> that's nah, good. I that's a good that's point too. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm going to say the way Frankenstein Frankenstein's monster has been handled. Like, I don't know. It, like it's, what the idea of like scientific creation run amok can be done many, many interesting ways that don't involve like the actual Frankenstein monster as it yeah, has existed. They don't have to keep redoing it. No. Which, you know, I completely forgot about that there was a Robert De Niro Frankenstein, wasn't there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, All that right, movie, that's that it for tweets, Eric. That Robert De Niro Frankenstein is like next level awful. It's it's yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. They're actually so. Do you remember this, Casey? Years ago, you like torrented a bunch of old Joe Bob episodes for me. Yeah. One of those episodes is him doing that De Niro Frankenstein movie, and it's <laughs> incredible. It's so good. Nice. All right, we got a bazillion Instagram questions. We're just going to bang through these as quick as we can. Um, just for posterity since when have there been hooligan marching band gangs <laughs> since never paul never that's the answer to that um i could t- i could tell you the band geeks are ornery and we do get up to shit but it's not bullying <laughs> yeah and then oh man this gave me chills will david gordon green's exorcist trilogy be all about the priest's neighbor steve question mark um wait is he doing the uh, exorcist apparently which i'm now not no. looking forward to so much there, there. So someone, I can't. Now I'm gonna have to look this up. Someone paid, I believe, 450 million for the rights to The Exorcist. Damn, dude. To or to to make three of them. Uh, whatever. Sorry, just continue. I now I'm gonna have to look this up though. Well, I'll Google it, buddy. What's, yeah, I am. What's the worst trend right now? Mullets or mustaches? I think mullets are always worse to me. I thought they went together, but I think they're both fine. The I'm mullet in this movie is a crime against nature. The one band kid has the worst mullet I've ever seen. Well, that's because of the bangs, though. He looks like somebody from that, like, what is that, like, South African rap group? Yes, <laughs> uh, you're exactly right. <laughs> <sighs> Did you want to cry when Michael Myers was having a heart attack in the sewer? 
Is that did that happen? I don't I remember that. Uh oh, he does like have a moment. Yeah. Um gets, and gets confirming, that. sorry, The Exorcist 2023 is directed by David Gordon Green. Yikes. No, thank you. Yeah. I'm out. Uh is it great to be a horror fan right now? I mean, this yes. day, yeah. this day maybe not the day to ask me if I'm being honest. <laughs> My answer actually was yes because bar- of Barbarian. It's a great time to be a horror fan just because of the accessibility. Of there's it there's so much. And there are so many avenues for it that any weird movie can get made somewhere. Yep. And that's that's great. We just kind of answer this. If you were in charge of the Halloween franchise, what would you do? I would put it through a... <laughs> put it out of its Yeah. Have you ever ripped off your shirt and shown grief your tits? I don't know what that means. Is that a reference to something? <laughs> no idea. I usually try to keep those under wraps. Halloween, Halloween ends making people real weird out there tonight. How cute are the Halloween ends defenders? Bless them. <laughs> I like them. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. Um, how much do I have to bribe you to put scream at the top of your 2022 list? And he spells it five cream. <laughs> No, there's no amount of money. That's not true. I'm sh- I, I could be bought pretty cheap right now, actually, if you want to hit me up. <laughs> uh, but guys, hold on. I just have a further update. One of the writers on the Exorcist remake that David Gordon Green is doing, one of them, the the one who wrote the story is uh, is also credited as a writer on Halloween Kills. Sick, bro. Yeah. I love yeah. it. You know, <laughs> random thought, but until you mentioned it to, uh, at the start of the show, I forgot Danny McBride was involved with this. Yeah. Yeah, he's all that guy's also doing Insidious 5, another movie. I have no energy for this question, but um, if you could say one thing to your younger self, what would it be? What? Oh my god, I'm I'm not saying that on air, but I do know what it would be. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I would probably just like tell my younger self who won the last 25 World Series and then they can, yeah. I I thought John was gonna be like, hey man, you're doing great, we turn out awesome. Biff Tannen. I was going to say, John's going to pull a Biff Tannen. <laughs> John, will be like, we, John will be like, we turned out awesome. Keep killing it, buddy. <laughs> uh, next up, Heather says, do you think Corey and Michael will end up getting married? <laughs> you never know. I don't know. That was a pretty abusive relationship. <laughs> Can you get married to a meat pile? I don't know. Not if the Supreme Court has its way. Wouldn't it have been better if Corey was introed earlier in the franchise? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Yes, sir. I think he nailed it on the head there. Uh, man. Okay. What are the be- What is your best and worst Halloween movie? This could be the worst. I think this is the worst. Wait, hold on. Are they? They're not. Sorry, I was just getting confused for a second. They're not. They're talking about the Halloween series, not yes, like. The Halloween, the Halloween like series. Just time of year. Okay. <laughs> For right. me, uh, this is the worst. This is, well, hold on. Does that include the um every one of the them. Rob Zombie ones? Every one of them. Man, <laughs> Ra- Halloween, Halloween two, Rob Zombie is like next level bad. Like it's almost belligerently bad. Like I have a theory that <laughs> I have a theory, blocked it out entirely. I have a theory that Rob Zombie so didn't want to make Halloween two that he made it intentionally bad in a belligerent way. Which is honestly, I weirdly respect him for, if I'm being honest. Uh, Why would he make it if he didn't want to? Because like he's an asshole, him. John. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I don't know what the, the background of that. He might have been getting paid. Yeah. Either, whatever. It's, 
I think it. I think Halloween Two remake is in a dead heat with. Halloween he was events. like, "How dare you make make me make this movie when I could be making a monsters movie?" <laughs> <laughs> and my or my, that movie uh, Thirty One. Remember that fucking movie? Oh my, yeah, that was bad. It's a. I wouldn't say the best, but my favorite's Halloween Four. The best is Halloween, like the original John okay. Carpenter one. I we mean, can uh, we can have different opinions on that, John. Yeah, this is like in the middle for me, like five or six for in the first. But the first movie is my favorite. I and might probably, say Halloween Kills is the worst. That's interesting. At least Halloween Kills had a bunch of good kills in it. Like she, Michael Myers, what, was like in a, a woman with a fucking iron. Michael Michael my- Myers was in Halloween Kills. Counterpoint. Yeah. All right. Fair, <laughs> fair. You know what? You're making a cogent argument, and I tip my cap. Um, last question. I have no answer for this. So you guys, it's all you. If you're making caramel apples, what's your go-to topping? I literally don't think I've ever done that. So, yeah, I, so my preferred, I mean, when I buy a caramel apple, I just want it plain. I just want caramel and I want the apple. Mm-hmm. That's have it. you seen all this facial hair? I'm not eating a caramel apple. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be eating it for the next week. It's exactly. A, it's not a treat I really understand. Like, I like candy, sure, and I like fruit, but I don't really under when you mix them together, it weirds me out. I don't know why. There's a, they're just different things. It's different yeah, kinds I, of it's different kinds of sweetness, and they clash yeah. to me. I can see that. I've I've always been okay with it, but they're not my favorite either. That's it, guys. Good times. A little change of pace next week. We shall be reviewing the Spirit Halloween movie. And I'm pretty excited to just watch something dumb that I'm not going to get mad about, hopefully. And uh, it's our this is our Halloween film. Halloween. It is. Hol- 15 years later. Uh, our 15th Halloween episode, John. Yeah. We launched. Uh, it'll be, it's, our, it's an anniversary of sorts. We launched Halloween 2007. We should be clear that we're not getting paid to do the Spirit Halloween movie. No. We know it's an ad for Spirit Halloween. Yes. Whatever. We're watch it. But it's Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. And yeah. Josie. One of my favorite Anyone things. wants to pay us to do it, by the way. One of my favorite things is talking to people who like just discovered podcasts like a year ago and telling them we've done this since 2007 <laughs> and seeing yeah. the looks on there for like, they're so confused. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, my most excited but the for only reason I'm excited for Spirit of Halloween because Delaney worked there last year so I know a little bit of inside baseball just from her story so <laughs> I'm curious for that aspect I, I, I Casey I will be surprised if it uh, hues in any way toward the operations of the actual <laughs> I know <laughs> Spirit of Halloween but you know we'll see you never know you never know alright fellas well I think we did some good work here tonight proud of us uh, it's always a, always I think a good so. It's going to do it for Halloween ends. Hope you enjoyed the show and join us next week for Spirit Halloween. See you. Bye-bye.